Welcome back everybody to Vintage McCoy. Tonight we are going to be taking a look at postmodernism. You're wondering what is that? It seems like such a crazy word. Trust me, it's worth tuning in for. Suffice it to say, we just finished Good Friday. And you remember when they were crucifying Jesus and they brought him in front of Pontius Pilate? And he said, I testify to the truth. And he says, what is truth? Well, truth can be known. Postmodernism says it cannot be known. They say truth is whatever you want it to be. I disagree. And we really need to examine this tonight. You need to tune in because this is taking over all of the universities of America. It's taking over your public schools. And it seems to be taking over the churches. You need to be educated. Stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. Buckle up. Kairos, this is your moment. Liberty is not man's idea. It's God's idea. We must participate in the public square. a moment in time that will define history as we know it, the furtherance of America as we know it. That's a powerful gift, freedom, and we're not going to bow to tyranny. This isn't me standing, it's us. This is the moment for the body of Christ. We pray that there would be an awakening and a revival in the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed the intro I, tonight with this postmodernism. It, it's a critical, critical issue. Winston Churchill said that all of Europe, their political purposes were all about power, but in America it was about truth. And then he feared that one day in America their political purposes would be solely about power. Well, we're here in that, that moment now, in, in this time in history. History matters. And so as we're taking a look at postmodernism, it's the basic simple principle that truth is really what you want it to be and those in power get to decide what that truth is. The Greek word logos is where we find the name for Jesus Christ in John 1. It means word, spoken word, truth. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word became flesh, dwelt with man. It's this idea that we can know truth and we must stand upon truth and we don't get to decide what that truth is. And, and in the churches, it seems as though we want to take the parts we like and throw out the ones we don't. But in reality, as we've said always, the two great rules of the universe is there's a God and we are not Him. Postmodernism wants to remove that God. This is a move towards an oligarchy. This is where you get your fascism, communism, socialism, all the isms that end up the few ruling the many and we become slaves of the state. We're property of the state. Well, in Christianity, we are creating the image of God. We're all free regardless of our uh, immutable traits, we're all free. We're all created in His image. And this is a very profound, very profound principle of Christianity, one that the secular progressive left wants to annihilate. Tonight, uh, we're going to be discussing a really cool guy that Pastor Rick and I got to meet, uh, James Lindsay. And a uh, really solid guy. He's Like yeah. I said last night's broadcast, he's, he's an atheist, but he... Profess oh, no, he, he professes to be an atheist, but I personally think he's an agnostic. Yeah, but I think it's just important to state his book, Cynical Theories, which uh, I have recently read, and he did such a great job packaging this for us in a useful way yeah. to look at our culture, Rob. And he's not coming from a Christian worldview. No. And so... He wasn't a Trump supporter. He wasn't even a, he wasn't even yeah. a conservative, really. He just... One, and I think that's important to state up front, 
because sometimes people get in their own echo chamber and yeah. they're only listening to confirmation bias. But he's really coming from a place of he's a liberty-loving American. Yeah. And uh, we, in this season, haven't we, we've built all these bridges in unlikely places with people that are liberty-loving Americans. They're not coming from the Christian worldview. They're not this or that. And we're just all, there's this jumped position yeah. of a loving liberty and seeing what's on the horizon with socialism and this freight train that we, of postmodernism. They want to take away our free exchange of ideas and they want to, yeah. they want to change the rules. Yeah. You may not exchange free ideas, right? And that's what America's well, great at. That's, that's what James's book unpacks. Yes. Just so you all know, mm -hmm. uh, I, and this is uh, um, uh, Kirsten Gilbrand. She she wrote, she tweeted this, and uh, she said, "Paid leave is infrastructure, childcare is infrastructure, caregiving is infrastructure." To justify uh, a legal bill they're trying to pass that funds everything but infrastructure. And then as a result of her, you know, redefining what infrastructure was and getting to use her own lexicon, forget about semantics and the study of words and their true meaning, you just rewrite it. Mm -hmm. This Canadian professor who is facing this already and it's coming to America yes. at light speed, uh -huh. this Canadian professor tweeted in reply, he said, sleeping with individuals other than one spouse is monogamy. Sleeping with men when you are a man is heterosexuality. I'll leave that part out. Pregnancy is virginity. Virginity is promiscuity. Language can be so liberating when we're unshackled by shared semantics. And then he also tweeted this. He said, violent crime is climate change slash racism. Open borders is climate change slash racism. <laughs> Defund the police is climate change slash racism. People, yeah. Voter fraud is climate change slash racism. And, uh, Gad Syed wrote a book on semantics, and he pointed out the idiocy of the West, the parasitic mind. When you don't have truth, yeah. you, you have no, you have no foundation. You and and truth and is, chaos. That's right. But if truth is that which correlates with reality, right? So now you you're disconnected from reality because if your definitions are so. Uh, paradoxical, upside down. And isn't that exactly what the Lord told us in His Word, that when they call good evil and evil good, uh, it just turns it all upside down? Genesis 1, there was chaos. Mm -hmm. The Spirit of the Lord hovered. Mm -hmm. And then He said, then He said. He spoke. Yeah. Then He said. This, this idea of, of words being, let there be light. He brought order to the universe by truth. That's right. And, and that order sets men free. In, in that we get to fulfill everything He desired us to be. But when you mess with the definitions and you decide, and really, whose definition holds? The one who's in power and the one who has the gun. Yeah. That's right. To break us down, this book by James Lindsay, and he promised me, he's coming on the program, we had to reschedule him. He's still coming, sweetest guy, just precious man. Yeah. He'll be here. But in his absence, would you walk everybody through this book? Yeah, I mean, his, his book, Cynical Theories, which uh, unpacks this, it's not a light read. It's, it's, a, rather, yeah. it's a rather dense read. And, and James is an academic, and he, and he writes it with Helen Pluckrose, who is British. And so the two of them, you know, writing this together, uh, 
where I should say she's, uh, I believe she's, she lives in Great Britain, so I, I was making an assumption. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they, I've listened to a number of interviews, Rob, on postmodernism, and yet James unpacks it in a way that I can now look through a filter of um, the breakdown and see what's going on yeah. around me. I, I don't know if you're like me. I woke up a year ago as the country began to implode, yeah. and I said, what happened to my country? Yeah. Plus, I came from Idaho, which is a conservative area where people are rational, logical, and... And your uh, voter turnout's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. <laughs> but the reality is, and then you're dropped into this um, chaos yeah. of, of what's going on. And, and most Americans are just saying, what's going on with the nation? And they really don't understand. We just throw out socialism. But there is an, a groundswell that came from academia about postmodernism. And I'd like to lay it out and we can kick it around. Yeah. Because James gives us two principles for postmodernism and four themes. Did you, it, you put them out on slides so we can yeah. take a look? Yeah, okay. so check this out. So the two core principles of postmodernism are um, the postmodern knowledge principle which is radical skepticism about whether objective true, objective knowledge, excuse me, or truth is obtainable in a commitment to cultural constructivism. Constructivism. Yeah. Construction, yes, that word. Tongue-tied. Exactly. But this, the first principle is so important because there's a radical skepticism about objective knowledge. So if there's anything that you say is empirical evidence, if it's evidence, reason, or rational-based, there is an immediate skepticism about that. And because the knowledge principle is they have to tear apart binary thoughts. This is true, that's false. Oh no, everything's now on a spectrum. Yeah. And they wanna take it to a spectrum. So there's male and female. We're gonna see how they bring confusion to that. Every single issue is them challenging the knowledge that we say we know. And uh, so when I'm used to talking to somebody, I've always felt that I was a very logical person, that if I could have a r decent conversation with somebody based in logic and reason and evidence, we would get somewhere. Right. Not so with postmodernism, because they immediately reject that kind of knowledge. Yeah. And uh, so where you said, how do we get to truth, or what is the truth? Well, they've now destroyed the ability to obtain that truth. And they do believe in truth, but where they get it is really fascinating. We'll get to that in the things. Let's do it. Okay. So the number two. Number two is the postmodern political principle, a belief that society is formed of systems of power and hierarchies which decide what can be known and how. So the people in power get to decide exactly. what can be known. And Whoever how has power, it's their narrative and their hierarchy that has constructed a false world of truth, and they have to basically destroy that. So, or at least identify it. That's why they deconstruct, disrupt, and want to destroy these things. Now, on top of those two themes, the first is that knowable truth is almost out of reach. Yeah. And the second is that the people in power make the decide what is going to be true. Whoever has power, they're, they're the ones making the decisions. So they, these are the four themes. The blurring of boundaries. They have to take that binary thought and destroy it. How many, uh, how many genders are there now, Rob? 
or sexual identification. Uh, we had a hundred. What, what day is it today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where are we at? So they want to blur that because to say male and female, uh, husband and wife, any of those things are too restrictive to what they want to do. They want to blur and bring confusion. So the second one is the power of language. They believe that there's this omnipotent power in language. That's why they have these microaggressions. If I say something in my language that offends you, Rob, then you've got this micro, I've, I've uh, had shown aggression towards you because that's the power of language. Where we grew up in a marketplace of ideas, I share ideas, you don't like my ideas, hey, you know, I don't care for your ideas. That's the way we do it in America. Any society that can come into a place of reason. But the power of language, that's why when I would watch a um, speech by President Trump, afterwards I, I'd say, that was a wonderful speech. And then the postmodernists would come out and say, he's homophobic. He, homophobic he's, yeah. he's why some, they, they tear apart language because it's the power of language. And it doesn't matter what you and I say, they would just destroy So So they, they would say, language. we're Christian nationalists. Yes. Uh, white supremacist. White supremacist, because we say that that there's the human race, there's different ethnicities, but there's one race. We don't even have to say that. We're white, that, that, we're Christian. We don't, we don't have to speak, we're done. You don't have to speak. Yeah, uh, to believe that there's two genders. Right, so to say there's two genders, you are now homophobic. Homophobic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 if you and transphobic. And transphobic. And if we think, you know, I have no problem with people coming all over from the world to America, but I think they should do it through legal immigration. How about yeah, you? Of so course. If we believe that, what are we? We're xenophobic. Xenophobic. Yeah. So just, just add the phobic. Add the phobic. And we are that. And so through the power of language and them dissecting language, this is what blew my mind. And animal, I finally understood. Animal Farm 1984. Those were supposed to be warnings. They weren't supposed to be blueprints. <laughs> yeah, that's the blueprint, isn't it? Yeah, and, and they changed the language. Right, there were certain well, things yeah. you couldn't say. I mean, yeah. It's just insane. Well, that's all the censorship yep. because the power of language. Well, the, and, and with censorship, then, as, as you know, you, the propaganda comes in. Yeah, you shut down the voice you don't want to hear, and yeah. then you push you're your micro, Your microaggression... You can't speak, and you're white. You have no right to speak. That's right. Now we are going to share what we need to share. There's no contending. There's no arguing. There's no logic. You be quiet, and this is what you now must know. That's right. They close down the marketplace of ideas. They have to close it because and you've it, shared it over and over. If you have a bad argument, what do you have to do? You have to silence the person that has the truth because yeah. <laughs> you have to shut them down. Kind of like what you did before, YouTube. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And the third... Uh, theme is cultural relativism. They do believe in truth from an identity politic persuasion. If I'm, a, if I'm involved with a lesbian group or a trans group, whatever our shared experience is, is that's the tr our truth. That's our truth. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's why. That's your truth. That's, that's your truth. Everybody's got their own truth. Okay. And but that, you're not allowed a truth in Christianity because it infringes on my truth. And we see this in the White House with their, uh, the term of equity, mm -hmm. all of those things. But that's why when President Biden was asked about the Muslim Uyghurs being shipped off to work camps, he deflected that because he said the culture in China... That's their, that's their truth. That's their truth. They're right? in power and they get to do that right? to them. And if you applied that to Hitler, that was his truth. He's going to annihilate the, the Jews. So it's very convenient for whatever your little political identity group is. 
Yeah, if, if, if you don't believe in an absolute truth and culture is your group is where you find your source of truth, then truly no academic can say that what Hitler did was evil That's if they hold to this postmodern idea. This is correct. Yeah. Yeah, this is absolutely correct. Because there's no God. You're not creating his image. There's no murder. There's it's no moral it, standard, yeah. right? There's no moral standard. And, and the fourth is the loss of the individual and the universal. You and I just applied some universal things. So they want, the only truth comes from this identity group. And, and just so and, that and you know. who's in power. Yeah. Well, no, they can be the marginalized group. That's their truth. You see what yeah. I mean? But they say the white supremacist Western culture is the oppressor. So what you have to do is you have to assign, uh, choose your victim group, and you also have to assign who is the oppressor. So you're making all of these judgments about these things. And so in the universal, we applied human rights. We believe that Jews should have been able to live and breathe yep. <laughs> during World War II. We believe the Uyghurs, they're Muslims, we're Christians. So let, what, them they, live. let them live. Let we, them have liberty. Let them worship uh, as they want to worship. That's their choice. That's yeah. a human right. right. And we would say that's a universal truth. We'd also say it's a universal truth that only women can have babies. But no, you cannot use universal truths. You also cannot use individual ones. I used to do this all the time, and now I wonder why I don't get anywhere. It's because of this reality. Is if I'm talking to somebody that's playing the victim, and I just simply encourage them like a dad would. You know, they're young, they're 25. And I encourage them and say, you know what? Anybody that gets up in the morning and works hard at anything moves the needle towards success. What I'm doing is I'm bringing them out of the group as, as a victim, and I'm putting personal responsibility on them as an individual. And so eh, you have to nix the individual, you have to nix the universal, and the only truth that can flow is from this marginalized identity group. The collective. Now, the collective. Now, on top of that, then you have intersectionality. Mm. So think of about a bunch of different right. roads. And if you hit the jackpot, now I, by intersectionality, I mean you've entered all these marginalized groups at the intersection well, we, of these roads. We, we've spun the wheel, and let's see what, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's see who wins the jackpot. Okay, what, so. What's the combo? The, the best combo, right? So you, you can't be white. So let's just say you're black and you're female because the, the worst oppressor is a white Christian male that is heterosexual. So you have to go down that list. So you're black, you're a woman, you are uh, a trans or lesbian, lesbian Le yeah, let's say lesbian. La lesbian. And pa pa uh, pantheistic or, yeah. Yeah, whatever you might be. Atheistic. And, yeah, and atheistic. You've hit the jackpot of the most marginalized um, intersectionality. Victim. Victim. You, you've, you've got the, you win the Oscar or the gold medal yeah. for that. And so um, that's its culture. It creates confusion. It creates unbelievable things. You can't and, even keep that roadmap. I mean, it, just just to maintain it and and it's well, exhausting. And this is an interesting thing that in in James' book he unpacks a lot of this. But in within a marginalized group, say of a trans group or a lesbian group or a, a radical feminist group, there are people that disagree. And what postmodernism does is it cherry picks whatever the marginalized group is, say, and they. They choose within that what's truth, and then the people that are disagreeing with them, they silence them. So it goes all the way down into their group, their selection. But all of it does one thing. It creates confusion, and God is not the author of confusion. Yeah. God hasn't given us a, a, a spirit of fear and power, love, and sound mind, but it also says Satan is the author of confusion. 
And, and, and God brings order. He brings order. He brings insight. He brings, he brings peace. It clar clarity. 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 If I wake up and, you know, I understand my gender, I'm a guy. Yeah. You know, it's just biological. Um, I'm very free. I have no confusion throughout this day of yeah. what gender I am. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm very clear. So that's the framework. And now then you apply that to post-colonialism, which is the destruction. When President Obama went on the apology tour for America, he was promoting the propaganda of post-colonialism. He was saying, what white America did to the rest of the world is awful. I'm here to apologize. I'm the first black president, and I'm here to apologize for those white supremacists that did those things. And, and then you take it into critical race theory, you take it into uh, queer theory, you take it into disability theory, you take it into uh, fat theory. Yeah. All of those things are unpacked in James's book. It'll blow your mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm watching it before my very eyes. I'm just glad he was able to define it. Uh, let, let's, let's go through some more of these um, in, in regards to James's book. Mm -hmm. so, so the area he said is, he said it's, it's infiltrated the universities to an extent that it, it's, it, it's, a, it's absolutely crazy how confusing it is to, to any professor. It, it's all just de de deconstructed. There's no order to it. And That's it's right. changing yeah. every moment. Yeah. What is a student, uh, are they indoctrinated? Um, and, and if you hold to anything that isn't postmodern, you're removed from the university. That's right. Or if you stand up against it. Does that explain see, the cancel culture? Yeah. Let's, yeah. The, the power of language is the cancel culture. So if you speak because language has so much power and they don't like what you speak, that's cancel culture. They've got to shut you down. Um, but let's look at the evergreen slide, if we could bring that up. Because if you unroll this and uh, a professor teaches it, what will be the results, right? What if we unroll what, this is uh, Robin D'Angelo, author, who is white, by the way, uh, as you can see from the picture. She wrote the book, is, you know, New York Times bestseller, White Fragility. Now, the definition of white fragility, how, what is white fragility? White fragility, according to uh, James, James unpacking oh, okay. this, okay, and does an analysis of it. In her classroom, she's a professor, if she speaks to about, uh, critical race theory, and you as a white person take issue with any of it, if you sigh loudly, or if you speak against it, or if you try to defend yourself, if you do anything but be silent, or eat the garbage she's feeding you and say, yes, I am pond scum because I was born white, then that's white fragility. So you're, if, you, if you try to defend, if you try to speak against, if you try to, that's white fragility. You're so fragile in your ego that you just can't take it and swallow what she's serving. It's brilliant. It's like muzzle you without using a muzzle. It, shut it shuts you up before you can even speak. Wow. Right? So they have, a, they have a way of shaming us. They have a way of silencing us. And it's all through, I mean, I don't want to be called a white supremacist. Do you, Rob? No. No. And I'm not. And I don't believe you are either. And so, even if you did believe, it doesn't make it true. That's that's, that's right. <laughs> There's people, no evidence. People can throw that at us, yeah. but it does. We don't have to let it stick. Yeah, it, yeah. So this is what happens at her university in Washington, Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington. This was 2017. 2017. Uh, bio, so this is what they, her, her class, and had her college. The indoctrination is so thorough. They declare at the college that they're going to have a day that is free on campus 
from white oppressors so no white person can be on campus for the day. They're going to have a, it's basically a holiday, it's like the 4th of July, Independence Day, no, no white people can be there. That's not prejudice at all. No, that's not racial, is it? That's not racially charged. Imagine us doing it's so, it. It's very tolerant. It, yes, yeah, so tolerant. Imagine it, us, a, a white college with a minority black population doing that and the outrage. Never would. No, and, and rightly, there w if there w that happened, there would be outrage, rightly so. But yeah. about this, no outrage. Hmm. Why? Because they've silenced the white population. Yeah, fragility. Fragil white fragility, right? Yeah. Who, if you, well, there's one professor, he's a biology professor, his name is Brett Weinstein. He was uh, very white fragile because he, he spoke up and said, show me the racism on campus. Yeah. It created an outbreak of riot at the college. They began to belittle George Bridges, the president, of the college, the students barricaded themselves. I in saw the them marching through their campus. I saw video of this. Yeah, they got baseball bats. They uh, barricaded themselves in the school, basically because they barricaded themselves. The student, uh, the uh, faculty, professors were yeah. de facto hostages. That's right, de facto hostages, and they stopped every car on campus, demanding Brett Weinstein's body. Basically, they wanted him, and that's what happens when you. If you are spewing postmodernism and indoctrinating an entire student body, they actually got off very free because there was nobody harmed, nobody was hurt. But now, as we looked at our segment last time, they're taking this into the high schools yeah. right, and going to bring up a whole generation. Okay. I grew up with conservative parents. Uh, and, and we had, my, my parents had really cool liberal friends. And we, we had really fun, uh, a, a tremendous amount of fun hanging out and talking and exchanging ideas. And they would be heated and, you know, it was interesting, to yeah. say the least. But nowadays, it seems as though there's no dialogue. It's a cancel culture. This, this postmodern mindset has divided everyone. There's no truth. We're not, we're not seeking good ideas. And, and, and I'm thinking, what's the difference between a liberal, which I really like? I like people who want to see things differently, and the left, which is ruining our culture. That's right. Uh, my turn. You do it. Dennis Prager, nobody does it better. I agree. Check it out. What's the difference between a liberal and a leftist? This question stumps most people because they think liberal and left are essentially the same. But they're not. In fact, liberalism and leftism have almost nothing in common. But the left has appropriated the word liberal so effectively, almost everyone, liberals, leftists, and conservatives, thinks they are synonymous. But they're not. Let me offer you six examples. One, race. This is probably the most obvious difference between liberal and left. The liberal position on race has always been, A, the color of a person's skin is insignificant, and B, those who believe race is significant are racists. Meanwhile, the left believes the very opposite. To the left, it's the liberal attitude toward race. It's unimportant. That is racist. That's why the University of California officially lists the statement 
there is only one race, the human race, as racist. And liberals have always been passionately committed to racial integration, while the left is increasingly committed to racial segregation, such as all black dormitories and separate black graduations at universities. Two, capitalism. Liberals have always been pro-capitalism because liberals are committed to free enterprise and because they know capitalism is the only way to lift great numbers of people out of poverty. It is true that liberals want government to play a bigger role in the economy than conservatives do. But liberals never opposed capitalism, and they were never for socialism. Opposition to capitalism and advocacy of socialism are left-wing values. Three, nationalism. Liberals believe in the nation-state, whether that nation is the United States, Brazil, or France. But because the left divides the world by class rather than by national identity, the left has always opposed nationalism. So, while liberals have always wanted to protect American sovereignty and borders, the left is for open borders. When the writers of Superman were liberals, Superman was a proud American whose very motto was truth, justice, and the American way. But that all changed a few years ago when left-wing writers took over the comic strip and had Superman renounce his American citizenship to be a citizen of the world. The left has contempt for nationalism, seeing it as the road to fascism. Better that we should all be citizens of the world in a world without borders. Four, view of America. Liberals have always venerated America. Watch American films from the 1930s through the 1950s, and you will be watching overtly patriotic America-celebrating films, virtually all produced, directed, and acted by liberals. Liberals were quite aware of America's imperfections, but they agreed with Abraham Lincoln that America is the last best hope of Earth. The left, however, believes the left is the last best hope of Earth and regards America as racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, violent, and imperialistic. Five, free speech. No one has been more committed than American liberals to the famous statement, I wholly disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. But the left is leading the first widespread suppression of free speech in modern American history. From the universities, to the tech companies that govern the internet, to almost every other institution and place of work. Of course, the left claims to only oppose hate speech. But putting aside the fact that the left deems hate speech anything it differs with, protecting what you or I might consider hate speech is the entire point of free speech. 6. Western Civilization Liberals have always championed and sought to protect Western Civilization. Liberals celebrate the West's unique moral, philosophical, artistic, musical, and literary achievements, and have taught them at virtually every university. The most revered liberal in American political history, President Franklin Roosevelt, often cited the need to protect Western Civilization and even Christian civilization. Yet when President Donald Trump spoke of the need to protect Western civilization in a speech in Warsaw, the left-wing media, also known as the mainstream media, denounced him. 
They argue that Western civilization is no better than any other and that Western civilization is just a euphemism for white supremacy. So then, if liberalism and leftism are so different, why don't liberals oppose the left? In a nutshell, because they have been taught all their lives to fear the right. But as one of the best-known liberals in America, Harvard Law School professor Alan Dershowitz said, As a liberal, as an American, and as a Jew, I far more fear the left than the right. Dear liberals, conservatives are not your enemy. The left is. I'm Dennis Prager. That's a solid video. That makes so sense. So solid. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with him all the way through. Just, that's my heart. Well, thinking about Alan Dershowitz, and, and I watched uh, Charlie's interview with Alan Dershowitz. I, I remember my parents just being livid when they'd see him, and he's such a liberal. But, but he would contend, and he'd challenge you, and you'd listen. And, and, and now, as free speech is being stifled, as we're being taken off YouTube, as we're watching the tech oligarchy and the censorship and then the propaganda come through, we're watching just everything we've been studying. And it's happening at light speed. A guy like Alan Dershowitz stands up and says, I fear the left far more than I fear the right. And, and, and right, it, rightfully so, because you may not like that we want rules and regulations and directions and limited government and we want, you know, we believe in God and morality and, and, and then you want to create a class war between our skin colors. That's the left. All the left can do is deconstruct and destroy. Yeah, they, they don't, they're not building anything with postmodernism. It's no. only destruction. And they're, and they're not even true liberals. Yeah. They're just... That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, they're moving, I mean, socialists. But... As we, we want to end each one of these heavy segments with hope, Rob. Or oh, there's take lots us, of hope. Yeah, in God's Word. As Christians, I mean, Jesus really, um, and His Word, God's Word, which is truth to you and I. We, no, we no, no. It is truth. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I'm just saying, in a world of cacophony of a lot of yeah, voices, but, it is truth to me. But it's not our little group truth. No. Even the rocks will cry out. That's I mean, right. Yeah, Jesus said, I am the truth. Yeah. 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 Everything exists. We, we live and move and have our being. Yeah. He's, he is everything. Even James Lindsay, at the end of his book, he's not a Christian. He says, the truth will set you free. Yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, read a bit of the New Testament or heard it somewhere, right? Yes, we no doubt he's a voracious reader. Yeah. With with this, with this idea of being called a racist because we say there's one race, the human race, mm -hmm. and this postmodernist thought that they, again, you went down the, the agenda, but I said flip it. Yeah. We want to get rid of God. We want to get rid of Christians. That that because then we can control man. Mm -hmm. Just just turn upside down. That's the main priority. Yeah. They're working backwards, but that's the main priority. Mm -hmm. So did God really say? I mean, that's the work of Satan. He said to Eve, did yeah. God really say? Yeah. And we know what the Lord said to us in regards to mankind. He said, take a look at this. This is Acts 17. He said, he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. And let's go to the next verse. I want you to see this one too. For he himself is our peace who has made both one. He has broken down the middle wall of separation 
that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Jesus' ministry destroys racism. Tears Paul, it down. Paul points it out in Galatians that this, this is, we're one, we're one body. We're one race, the human race. Now, there's, there's ethnicities, meaning boundaries and borders. But it's like the, the flowers on the hill when you drive over the grapevine. It, it's a tapestry of different color, but they're all flowers. That's right. And, and they're not fighting with each other. Yeah, and I was driving down the road like, it was probably 10 or 15 years ago, and there was breaking news. I was listening to headline news. And they said, and the scientists said, through DNA research, they finally discovered that all humans came from one set of parents. Right, we knew that. Yeah, you know, the people of faith are standing on the hill of discovery while the scientists are trying to catch up because we know that Adam and you are our grandparents, yep. and that we all came from one race of people. And then the the only difference is geography, our melanin content, our language, our culture, but we're all in this thing called the human race. And even our forefathers, which the progress of equality had not obviously pervaded the way that we wanted to at that point, but they said these unalienable rights that, that we're all created equal. Yeah. They saw that as, as a principle, as a concept. They hadn't lived up to their concept or their principle, but um, this is the freedom that we have. It's, it's, it's beautiful. When you step into that, rather than seeing racism in every nook and cranny, which is so just seriously disappointing, the other night when I was getting ready, because uh, you were preaching uh, the Saturday before Easter Sunday, and I thought I was going to be preaching because I was confused because I was so tired. And I'm just trying to get into the spirit of things, and you know, I'd watched Passion of the Christ and uh, another one, A Resurrection. And, and, and then I, I put in a, a 1956 movie. I think it was four hours long. And, and melodramatic, terrible acting, um, it, it, you know, it, it broke everything as far as quality, but they put a lot of money. It was called the Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I, I don't remember having seen it. I love their take on Exodus. I, I love the angles that they approached. Mm -hmm. and, and they wanted to be true to the scriptures. So this is fascinating. Best part of the movie, and folks, check it out. Uh, one minute in, okay, the man comes out. And it's a curtain, like the Tonight Show, Johnny Carson, Jimmy Fallon, just the curtain. And he comes out and, and he opens it up and he comes out of the curtain and there's one microphone. And he begins to address the audience. He says, we undertook this, and he says, it's strange that we begin a movie with me speaking, but we undertook this because we wanted to present to our viewing audience that there is a God who has come to set men free. And the decision, and this is the story of all of history, Will we live free under God or be enslaved by man? And it's not changed. And this, this postmodernism is just a regurgitating new label. It is. You know, it's, it's, it's not socialism, it's democratic socialism. It's just a turd with sprinkles on it. You know, it's just regurgitated stuff. Nothing new under the sun. It just, it's a different pig with different, you know, new lipstick. And same pig with the same lipstick. Yeah, lipstick, <laughs> lipstick on. But, but, they're, but they're, they're, they're coming to enslave. 
Yes. And they want to pit us against one another. Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. Obviously, God created us as the human race. There's different ethnicities. And, and they're beautiful. It's, and, it's, and they're beautiful. It's like awesome. I said, yeah, yeah. The, the tapestry going over the hill. I love grapevine. it. Yeah. Beautiful. But here we are, we're watching this, this movement try to pit us against one another, mm -hmm. this postmodern nightmare. What does the Lord have to say about this? And, and, and maybe something that would encourage everyone, and we can end with this, mm -hmm. um, because we always want to end on an up note, which God's Amen. Word is always a blessing. It is such a blessing. And I guess I would just preface a wonderful passage of scriptures. Rob, like you, I, well, maybe not like you, but in my background, I have seen the ugliness of racism up close and personal. And it's, it's awful. It's disgusting. I, I have when I was at, in Tulane in Louisiana. In Louisiana yeah. Right. And, and then just seeing, because sinful man will exhibit all kinds of ungodly behaviors. But when we come into Jesus, there's a transformation that happens. There's a new love for God and for people. I don't care what color they are. I've, I've done missions for years in all kinds of different continents and ethnic backgrounds. And I think it all comes down to the promise that we have in Galatians 3. Verses 27 and Just 28. Just pull that up. That's a good one. It says, For as many uh, of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The ground at the foot of the cross is as level as Amen. can be. And, and when you embrace that and enjoy that and live that, and then you see these bad ideas that are destroying our country, it's really actually in the name of social justice and critical race theory, it is racism on steroids. Yeah. It really is. And the Christian message brings, hey, you know what? We're, we're, we're all humans. God loves you. I love you. Let's love each other. Let's get along. Whatever the background, the cultural background, we'll figure it out. We'll appreciate each other's differences. And, and never shut down the marketplace of free ideas. Amen. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good one to end on. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, we, we have got to do more diligence because James said he's coming. Mm -hmm. So we got to get him here. And we'll bring him on a Sunday. Fun. Uh, come on. That's, that's crazy. We're going to have an atheist slash agnostic preacher in the pulpit. I, I'll this, bring the Jesus part. He can bring it. This season of building bridges I know. to people that love liberty Amen. and all kinds of strange back. I mean, uh, or I just say diverse backgrounds is yeah. blowing my mind. Yeah, me too. I mean, and, and if we don't get liberty right, we're all going to be discussing our differences in prison. And we'll have a jail ministry. Yeah, we'll have a jail ministry. We don't want that, folks. Let's push. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Rick, I got to I gotta go to Carol North Carolina, so you're going to cover for me tomorrow night. If you don't all right, mind. let's do it. Tune in. It's going to be epic. I don't know what it is, but whenever he teaches, I just always say to myself, I wish God had made two of him and none of me. Uh, he blessed us. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. God bless. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.